6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. We do have a short show, only 90 minutes, so lots to get to, and I want to start with this. It was an accident that shocked uh, many Canadians, the crash of an RCAF snowbird in May of last year. You'll remember it happened during Operation Inspiration, that effort by the snowbirds to bring joy to Canadians during the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, the operation had been spearheaded by Public Affairs Officer Captain Jen Casey, who died in that crash. The pilot that she was flying with suffered serious injuries. Now, today, the report into what happened was released, pointing to a bird strike and then resulting engine stall. It also outlines recommendations to try to make sure it does not happen again. The former commander of the Royal Canadian Air Force, Lieutenant General Retired Mike Hood, joins us this afternoon. Mike, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks very much, Jalen. Pleasure to be with you as always. All right. Uh, your first, uh, your first thoughts. You, you've read the report. Uh, what goes through your mind uh, when you when you see what's been put down on paper? Well, you know, it's a a real real tragedy for uh, for all of us involved with the Air Force, and you know, sadly, it's uh, it's part of, of of life in the Air Force. We we tend to manage risk and we're put in risky situations uh, but this is really unfortunate to have a a crash um you know result from a a small bird strike is uh, is all the more um upsetting you know what, uh, Mike, I know from your career, you flew uh, Herx for the majority uh, of it, a uh, much bigger plane, obviously, than the Tudor Jets, but I remember spending time at CFB Trenton and seeing the work that was being done uh, on on that base about trying to keep uh, birds away from the runways. How dangerous? I mean, th- this has got to be something that, as a pilot, has to be on the, on the minds of, of those flying these aircraft all the time. Well, you know, absolutely, Jay Lynn. Uh, bird strikes are uh, just a fact of life in flying. You know, you mentioned in my C-130 career, I've, I've had upwards of about 15 bird strikes. But when you're in a larger airplane uh, without jet engines, the outcomes tend to be a lot more more modest. But, you know, birds uh, are ever-present in the Canadian skies. But, you know, luckily, our we've got generally good programs in place around the country. Um, you mentioned birds, yes, uh, in Trenton, we had a falconer with a number of falcons that tended to keep birds away. And every different airport has its own program, but the fact is, none of them are none of them are perfect. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, the flight safety investigator um, is saying that the captain tried to turn the jet and return to the airport where he had just taken off after that bird strike. The engine stalled, and um, and there was there's been some questions about. Um, you know, whether or not he should have done that instead of trying to climb straight up. I mean, in that minute, in that in those seconds, not even a minute, uh, sir, you know, it's got to be, you know, very difficult to, to make those decisions. He didn't want to crash into a neighborhood, right? And he was trying to turn back around. Can you give us an idea of what goes through minds in those split seconds? Well, Jalen, I think if you were to time it and I, I haven't gone back and looked at the video but i i would imagine from the time that they heard the the hit of the bird to the loss of power where he initiates his climb straight ahead then has a split second to decide if he has enough energy enough airspeed to execute a 180 degree turn to come back and land and in reality he had you know not even seconds to make that decision yeah. but once he had committed to that turn 
Um, his airspeed bled away and the aircraft stalled, unfortunately, and, uh, and there was, you know, no way of saving it at that point. The former commander of the Royal Canadian Air Force, Lieutenant General Retired Michael Hood, joining me this afternoon. Um, and I sure appreciate you making time for us once again. Now, I'm curious to know, when something like this happens, uh, Mike, and when you get this uh, report back, what happens from here with it? I mean, what lessons are learned from this and what would be put in place moving forward? Well, we have a really robust uh, flight safety program across um, the Royal Canadian Air Force. And, you know, it's notable that the accident took place last May and it's taken this long mm-hmm. to get a report together. That's normal because, you know, a lot of this has to go under microscopic investigations to understand um, precisely what happened. But there's a number of recommendations that come out of that report. And, you know, the Air Force is a learning organization and, um you know, while it's a tragedy that Jennifer uh, Casey passed, you know, we're going to learn everything we can from that. And we're going to put where where we're able to or where the Air Force is able to put processes uh, and procedures into place to help mitigate it um, in future. There's some concerns being raised about the ejection seats. Had you heard about concerns with those seats uh, prior? Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say concerns, uh, Jaylen. I mean, the seats have limitations. Okay. Um, you know, the, the aircraft itself is, uh, you know, from the early 60s. And while it's gone through a number of upgrades that we've learned in lessons, there, there are limitations to, to what a, um, an ejection seat can do in a specific aircraft. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the case of the, the Tudor, they've continued to um, update that seat as much as possible. But... No one should ever imagine that an injection sheet is is a guaranteed savior from a from an aircraft accident. It, it isn't. You know, it depends what the aircraft is doing, what altitude you're at, what speed you're doing. More modern fighter jets have much more modern uh, ejection seats, and unfortunately, I think the the Air Force has almost reached the limits of what it can do to upgrade uh, on such an old platform. Uh, before I let you go, I know last year when we spoke, when uh, when this uh, the, this tragedy happened, you you stood by the Tudor jets, you stood by the the, the Snowbirds team, because uh, there was plenty of questions being raised about the safety of these aircraft. As you mentioned, they are quite old. Um, has that changed in your mind? at all do you still stand by the airworthiness of them well Jalen you know um, they wouldn't be flying if they weren't safe to fly that's not to say that there there couldn't be future accidents I mean look at the the odds of hitting a bird at that Mm -hmm. moment in time when you can get back there could be more but you know what I would say is that it's time, uh, you know, the government stopped ragging the puck on some of these acquisitions. And, and the one we're waiting for is future aircraft training, which is going to bring a new jet into the mm-hmm. training plan. And my goal as commander of the Air Force was to always include 12 extra jets in that program so the Snowbirds could be on a more, most modern aircraft instead of one of our older ones. You know what, uh, when we talk about procurement of, of aircraft, um, Mike, I mean, th- that whole process has been dragging on for years and years and years. How frustrating was it for you to be wanting things to be moved forward and to get this new equipment uh, to it still being, you know, not rubber stamped yet? Uh, my single biggest frustration from my time in Ottawa, I mean, it's... Uh, 
the, the bureaucracy around acquisitions, you know, it's not in the hands of the commander of the Air Force. Mm-hmm. It's in the hands of civil servants and other government departments by and large. And, and they don't do a good job of managing risk. They're, they're, they're managing budget. They're not managing risk. Um, so the whole process is designed to slow things down. And to be quite frank, I, I believe it's the biggest risk to our, our national security is the inability to procure modern military equipment to meet the, the you know, the challenges of today. Um, you know, the Snowbird replacement is just, you know, similarly in that, in that same bucket of, of projects that just haven't moved as fast as, you know, those of us in, in the Air Force at the time would have really liked to see. Well, I think uh, let's get into that conversation on another day. Lieutenant General Retired Michael Hood joining me this afternoon. Mike, always appreciate it. Thank you for this. Thank you, Jalen. Yeah, take care. The former commander of the Royal Canadian Air Force joining us this afternoon on the heels of that report uh, from the flight safety investigator saying, uh, you know, well, we, we, we pretty much could tell you know, right after that, that plane was taking off, there was video of it and you could, you know, focus in on it. You see that bird went in there and it caused, uh, it caused the engine to stall. And then there was, uh, well, it, it, it and, and, and then him trying to move and get out of the way. He didn't want to go over the residential area and then that pattern, uh, causing some issues there as well. So they will take that. They will learn from that. And, uh, we can tell you that, uh, right now the snowbirds are practicing practicing, flying again, getting ready, hopefully, for a season this summer.